themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Awe came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any who had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we simply ask this morning that you would teach us who you are. And through that teaching, you would remind us who we are. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. When I began my relationship with Jesus, I lost all the friends I thought I'd made during my first year of college. With my social life being one of the most important important things to me at the time, the silence was very, very loud. In fact, it was utterly devastating. I came to the Lord, which was one of the most amazing experiences I've had to date, and also simultaneously lost all of my friends in the process. It was just me and the Lord for a while, which was necessary for a time. But the reality of such a big life change required some type of community for support. Community was essential for my steady developing walk with the Lord. Community was essential for my need to have an environment that harmonized with the spiritual life budding in my heart. And though for a time it seemed like I was a solo traveler, the Lord had a way of replenishing that which was lost. In Acts chapter 1, after Christ had ascended into heaven, there was a band of believers that had congregated together uh, in the aftermath of the monumental moment that had recently happened, uh, recently transpired in Jerusalem, being the crucifixion. Right? And so the apostles, the women, and many others who had been witnesses to the life and the ministry of Jesus banded together. Why? Why did they band together? Because they had seen something. They had all experienced something. Or rather, they had all seen someone. They had all experienced someone that had the ultimate effect of harmonizing their individual experience into a collective one. They had experienced someone who impacted and transformed the depths of their soul, and they banded together with others who had experienced 
and understood that reality. And so those who had encountered the living Christ communed together, all with the understanding that despite what they saw around them, (laughs) their current circumstances being enemies of the nation, (laughs) despite their present circumstances, despite what they encountered on the day-to-day, there was something bigger. And they believed that. After the ascension of Jesus, it was essential for the disciples to establish a community for a number of reasons. One of them being to remember what they had experienced. It was life-changing, something they never wanted to forget. I mean, if you think about the Gospels, those of you who have been reading, if you look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, you'll see a number of events I'm sure no one would, would want to forget had they witnessed it in real time. Peter sees Jesus on the mount, transformed, glorious before his eyes, and sees Moses and Elijah before his face. He doesn't want to forget that. Another has seven demons cast out of her. Doesn't want to forget that. Supernatural miracles happening, healings happening, so much happened. They needed a community to make sure you never forget. Never forget. They also banded together and created a community to support one another in their new way of living and outlook on life. They also banded together and created a community to nurture those new in their beliefs in Jesus Christ. And they also banded together not only to support the mission of bringing the good news or Um, the message of a risen savior to the world, to their community, but to be a part of it in the actual spreading of the message. It was essential for the apostles to do this, especially in the context of the time where they were a new sect or religious uh, uh, group within society, and both the Jewish nation and the Roman Empire would prove to be difficult to to maneuver through with the new teaching that they were presenting. However, they found that as they dug into, uh, dug deep into this new community, as they invested themselves wholeheartedly into this experience, more and more people were added to their fellowship. It's interesting. Acts chapter two, verses 42 through 47, our text of emphasis reads, Again, this way, I'll actually read it in the Common English Bible. It says, The believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the community, to their shared meals, and to their prayers. A sense of awe came over everyone. God performed many wonders and signs through the apostles. All the believers were united and shared everything. They would sell pieces of property and possessions and distribute the proceeds to everyone who needed them. Every day, they met together in the temple and ate in their homes. They shared food with gladness and simplicity. They praised God and demonstrated God's goodness to everyone. The Lord added daily to the community those who were being saved. 
Sometimes I ask myself why certain portions of scripture are recorded for us to read. I asked asked myself this question about this particular passage. Why is this one here? Why was it necessary to share what the experience of new believers looked like in this particular way in Acts chapter 2? And to be honest, I don't have an answer to that. But here's what I gather from the text. It was necessary to show what a community based on a message of liberation, a message of love, and on the man Jesus Christ looked like. What happens when people implement kingdom principles? What does it look like? In a drastic way, it was different from the communities of the time because the brotherly and the sisterly love and care that one typically extends to immediate family is now extended to others. You now all have a similar spiritual new birth experience. In the words of Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, speaking about the journey of the Israelites, he says, we had all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from that spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. You've become family, and you have the same father. A birth of the Holy Ghost, a rebirth of God living in your heart. And so the people you engage with from every walk of life, you love them as equals and you treat them like family in a sense. But this wasn't completely new. I mean, we've seen, if you just think about different stories in the Bible, think about where you see community. God himself functions within community. And Jesus, right, and the 12 disciples were a community of their own. And they spent three and a half years together. They were together day in and day out, teaching, praying, breaking bread. And I imagine also sharing stories, cracking jokes. I wonder who was the funny one in the group. Telling the tales of grief and family woes. Love and lost love and memories, things from the past. And in the midst of this, when times got hard, I would assume that they reminded each other to look up, to see more than their current circumstance, to see that there is more to this life that we live. And the perspective, the the way of the kingdom, the mentality of Jesus grounded their hearts in a reality that was sturdy ground for their present experience. When you look at Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47, you may notice if you look closely at the passage, some words that continue to repeat themselves or words that indicate a communal experience. Words like fellowship right? And breaking bread and together and united and all in common and as had need, right? As any had need, breaking of bread in their homes, right? All of these words speak to a communal experience. 
they also speak to a particular question, one that I would like to try and answer this morning. This question is, what does it mean to live in community? What does it mean to live in community? Is it simply proximity? When I look at this passage, and when I look at my experience with the Lord, I would say, if I were to answer this question, I would say that living in community simply means doing life together. Doing life together. That's it. That is it. First John chapter one, one through four says this, one of my favorite passages. It says, we announce to you what existed from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have seen and our hands handled about the word of life. The life was revealed and we have seen and we testify and announce to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. What we have seen and heard, we also announce it to you so that, this is the key right here, you can have fellowship with us. Our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy can be complete. He says, look, we're writing these things to share this with you so you can have community with us. So you can be part of this experience. This is an invitation. Living in community with God and each other means doing day-to-day -day life things with God and with each other. And I have to say this. Stop omitting God from your social life. Take him out of the church box. Stop confining the person of Jesus to your Saturday morning worship experience or whenever you worship. Worship is a 24-7 thing if you ask me, but that's another tangent for another day. Community with God means that all the spaces of my life, I share with him. Some of you are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down, Pastor Michelle. That's a little too much. All the spaces, all the spaces. Is it too much? Is it? Are you worried about God being in certain spaces of your life? You know he's already seen them, right? He's already seen them. God is not afraid of the dark. He's not afraid, and if I'm to be dramatic, he's not afraid of the putridness of our souls. 
He's not afraid of the imperfections or the weird tastes you've acquired for certain things. Your shame doesn't scare him. If you bring him with you, I promise you, where you start will not be where you end. Who you are today will not be who you are tomorrow. When you do the day-to-day with God, when you have true communion with God, when you let him see everything, that's the healthy reality of starting a relationship with yourself, being honest with yourself, and with God. It's from a space of truth and authenticity. I don't know anyone who has had genuine communion with God and not changed. I don't know anyone. It's impossible. Unless you dig your heels in the ground and shut them out. You can't. It's impossible. Don't shut them out. God is a safe space. God is a safe presence. Living in community with each other means doing life together, doing the day-to-day common life things with fellow believers, with, and not just fellow believers, with humans. Anyone that you seek to have some type of relationship with, you do life together. Now, this sounds like a great idealistic premise for community, right? But it's really hard to find. It is really hard to find. It's hard to find people to do life with. Why? Well, many reasons. Let's go down the list. People are afraid to live in close, genuine community because for all of us churchgoers here, we don't want other people to see our unholiness. People are afraid to live in genuine community because they don't want to be judged. People are afraid to live in close, genuine community because they're afraid they're not living up to a particular moral standard in their life. People are afraid of living in genuine community because they don't want people to see their humanness, their brokenness, their flaws, and their imperfections. People are afraid to live in genuine community, in this type of idealistic community, because not everyone a part of the community is a safe space. Just about everyone has something they don't want other people to see. Living in a true gospel community caters to an experience of authenticity and truth. Now, that doesn't mean that you share everything and you go on a loudspeaker and tell your most personal business. I'm not saying do that. There's still the boundary of personal things being personal, but the willingness to develop deeper relational ties through the journey of life is often hard to find. 
And honestly, we have to stop being surprised at the brokenness of the human experience. Stop being shocked when you realize people aren't what they seem. We've been going through uh, the Bible, the Bible reading plan. We started January 1st. Uh, we're reading through Genesis, reading through multiple books at one time, Matthew. And what I'm being struck with, what I'm being reminded is that God didn't use perfect people to accomplish his purposes. Abraham did the same lie twice with grave consequences. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> That's your wife. That's not your sister. Come on. Noah, lying drunk in his tent. Come on. These were not perfect people. God didn't use perfect people to lead other people. He used everyday humans that simply understood how to tell others to look up, to see bigger, to see Christ. We are here to remind each other to look up. Stop looking sideways at your neighbor. Look up first so that when you look at your neighbor, you see them in a new light. In the midst of doing life together, we are here to support one another to look up. In Acts chapter 9, it's the story of Saul's conversion on Damascus Road. And when Saul, later his name changed to Paul, when he was converted uh, to belief, it was difficult at first for him to transition into the community of believers because, you know, of his reputation. <laughs> his reputation being he uh, killed Christians and threw them in prison. And in fact, he was on his way to Damascus to capture Christians and throw them in prison. That was his reputation. So then he, he, he meets the Lord on the road. He completely changes. And then He's looking for community. And so he goes to, to the disciples and he's like, hey, brother. And they're like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Paul, Saul, that guy? No, 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 no. But God had to give the other disciples perspective, right? In order to receive him into the spiritual family, right? He would need the support of his spiritual family in order to complete the mission God had called him to do. These became the people Paul did life with from that moment forward. This uh, January, we've been, for the last few messages, we've been talking about Advent Hope and our mission and our vision and Advent Hope's purpose, and I'll read it to you, is to live in loving, worshiping relationship with God and in loving community with all members of the human family. And our mission, that was our purpose, and our mission is to cultivate a gospel community of people who learn, teach, celebrate, serve, grow in Christ, 
and experience holistic transformation in our lives and the world. And so contrary to the popular church experience, here at Advent Hope, we push back against being an anonymous participant in the community. In fact, by definition, you can't be a part of a gospel community and be anonymous. The whole purpose of a gospel community is belonging. This was one of the key attractive features in the early church. People had a space where they belonged, where they were known. Belonging to a space where you're known and supported. We're trying to make this a reality here at Advent Hope. And the amazing thing about the gospel, about the good news, about the message of Christ's life, death, and resurrection, right, on behalf of you and I, the gospel is an invitation to do life with God and with others. That's the invitation. And not just, not even just others who seek him, to simply do life with human beings. Let me walk with you. That is the invitation. God says, let me dwell with you. Let me be present in your space. I want to know you. I want to know who you are. Humanity exists for the purpose of deep connection with other human beings. Belief in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is a call to restoration of communion with God and communion with the human family. John chapter 14, verse 2 through 4, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says this. He says, my father's house has room to spare. If that weren't the case, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When I go to prepare a place for you, I will return and take you to be with me so that where I am, you'll be too. You'll be too. God wants to be with you, with us. God with us, Emmanuel. Right? Communion with God restores you. It's restorative. It brings a very real divine balm to internal wounds you may not even know you had. Your restoration then changes you, and then that change impacts your community or the people around you, right? Living in a gospel community means doing life with God and with each other. If that's the only thing you heard today, that is the key to the message. That is the heart of the message. Living in a gospel community means doing life together. So, start making room for some more friends. Because look, once this happens, it's, it's going to exude a warmth that attracts. More people are going to be just, people want to feel warmth in a cold space. It has a drawing power. I'm reminded of this verse in Revelation chapter 12. 
Verse 11 is talking about the saints and their victory at the end of time. And this is the common English Bible. Uh, I like the way this translation puts it. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, it says this. They, speaking of the saints, they gained the victory over him, Satan, the dragon, on account of the blood of the lamb, that's Jesus, his sacrifice, and the word of their witness or the word of their testimony. Love for their own lives didn't make them afraid to die. Said they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. That sounds like a community to me. That sounds like a group of people sharing their experience with God, their victories and their failures together and uplifting others. And that's how they were victorious. Living in community means doing life together, together with God and together with each other. I want to break bread with you, not just in church in the fellowship hall downstairs, which we'll do in a little bit, but outside of church too. You know when you made a real friend is when you can go outside the church doors and hang out with them during the week. That's real community, if you ask me. And I come to church, not only because I work here, <laughs> I come to church <laughs> to find people that feel like family, that feel like family. As I was coming to the end of my first year of college and headed into my second, the Lord was slowly but very surely bringing people into my life that I knew would remain there for a long time. So he started feeling that, filling that social void with people with people who had also seen and experienced someone. That someone being Jesus Christ. Because our friendship was birthed and rooted in love for God, right, the bonds that we established, they were planted deep, deep in our hearts because the unifying commonality was a person who had changed our lives every part of our lives and so these were ties that that were some of the strongest that are some of the strongest because they're ties of love they're ties of love that was just about 20 years ago or so almost 20 years and the ties are still holding fast So ask yourself, what are you looking for in a gospel community? Are you looking to be anonymous? This might not be the right space. What are you seeking? New York can be a very lonely place, full of people, still lonely. But you can make that space a little less lonely and a little more homey by doing these things, by participating in a gospel community. And so here's my invitation. How about we do life together? What do you say? I hope that that's your desire. I hope 
that that's your wish. And I'll pray that God will make it our experience. Amen.